What's going on, everyone? Welcome to the Joseph Orr Podcast on the JB Podcast Network. Just a quick reminder for you guys, be sure to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and on YouTube at the Joseph Orr Podcast, and turn on your notifications so you never miss an episode. New episodes coming your way every single Monday, and as I mentioned in the last episode, now featured on the dailydropout.com alongside with Mike Studd's podcast. So I'm recording this Sunday afternoon after the Browns loss to the Seattle Seahawks, a roller coaster of emotions, another Sunday in hell. If you know me or if you're a Browns fan, we're either sharing this pain or you know the pain that I'm going through right now. But luckily, I'm in Park City, Utah right now. It's absolutely gorgeous. I stepped outside, took a walk to clear my head, taking some nature and some beautiful sights. So that helped out a little bit. Since being here, I've been doing some hiking. I checked out Oktoberfest on Saturday. I've been checking out some different dinner spots on Main Street. It's awesome down there. And tomorrow on Monday, I'm headed over to the Olympic Park here in Park City, where they hosted the 2002 Winter Olympics. Taking a tour over there. Really looking forward to that. And real quick, while I'm, while I'm speaking of Utah here, I was on Tinder. Tinder, not really my thing. Never really get on there. But I'm like, whatever. Might as well check out the local talent, right? And I saw this girl, in her bio it says that she goes to BYU. And I'm like, if you know anything about BYU, this kind of alarmed me here. I'm like, is this allowed? Do I need to report her? Or maybe I'm crazy for asking that question. Or maybe I'm crazy that I haven't made my way over to the church to report this girl yet. I don't know. I don't know what side to be on. I, I tried to Google it, and Google doesn't even know. Um, I'm going to recap the Browns and Seahawks, and that is the last time you're going to hear me call it a recap because I'm now brown, uh, branding all my Browns talk 16 Sundays in Hell. It was the name of my very first podcast. I love the name, and unfortunately, it's just terribly accurate. And then you guys are going to hear my interview I did with my good friend, Charlie Keller. Guys, this is not the most entertaining interview I've done, but it is the most important. It's very valuable, very educational. We talked adulting. We talked personal finance and investing. We talked student loans. And Charlie's been writing some really great and really insightful articles on LinkedIn. So be sure to check those out. Very valuable, very educational. Have your notepad and pen ready to take notes. And I will wrap up the show with my complaint of the week. So without further ado, enjoy this nice, smooth jazz. <laughs> Okay, so 16 Sundays in hell, Brown Seahawks, Sunday number 7 of 16. A 32-28 loss for my Browns. Before I talk about this game, let's go over my picks. I missed on Tennessee, hit on the Jets, hit on the Rams, missed on Baltimore, missed on San Francisco, and hit on Seattle. That makes me 3-3 three and three on the year, and my Browns 2-4. and four. This was the Browns mascot Swagger's last game running out of the tunnel. Now, from all the pictures that I've seen, from everything that I've heard, Swagger, who's the Browns dog, it's, a, it's an actual dog, is a very good boy. Everything that I've heard, all the pictures, he looks awesome. But he's been a part of a lot of losing. And losing starts at the top. Maybe this is good that he's moving on. It's time for him to retire. His son, Swagger Jr., SJ, has taken over. Hopefully he can bring some wins. Everyone's, everyone's talking about Freddie Kitchens. He can't be a head coach. He's not a head coach. He's in over his head. He can't call plays. Baker Mayfield, he's regressed. What has happened to Baker? He keeps turning the ball over. But Swagger has been around a lot longer than Baker and Freddie. I'm just saying. So this Browns game, it started off great. 
Dontrell Hilliard, 70-plus yard return. The Browns, they, they punch it in for a touchdown. I, but I was like, okay, I'm going to calm down here. We're up 7-0. Great start. But it was only 23 yards. Let's see how we look when we have to put together a drive. And the next drive, 10 plays, 69 yards. I'm like, okay, touchdown. We're up 14-0 here. The Browns have, or excuse me, at that time, 14-6. The Browns, I'm like, okay, we've at least come to play today. We're going to have a chance. Things look good enough here where it looks like we're going to compete today. And the Browns were putting together a drive at the end of the first quarter. First quarter runs out. And first play from scrimmage in the second quarter, touchdown, Baker to Ricky Seals-Jones. I love this play. Beautifully designed. Play action. Beautifully protected. Baker, great tempo, great rhythm. Ricky Seals-Jones finds a soft spot on the defense with a wheel route. 31 yards. Baker puts on him. He walks into the end zone. At that point, the Browns up 22-6. But... Here's where the Cleveland Browns decided to start Cleveland Browning. This is when the spiral began. It starts with an Odell Beckham Jr. drop. It would have been a first down, no question about it. Browns don't get the first down. The punt is blocked. Seattle gets a field goal. And then there's a wide receiver collision. They were trying some sort of crossing route right at the line, some sort of some sort of rub route, whatever it was, there was a collision. Baker throws the ball on time to where he thinks his receiver is going to be, but there's a collision interception now the defense here they pick up baker and the browns they get a stop and force a punt and then another interception this one really hurt this was this is the stuff if baker wants to be good if he wants to take the next step if he if he wants to lead his team to wins this is the throw he can't make he tried to thread the needle he tried too hard here and it was just a poor decision and ends up being an interception in the end zone he was trying to find jarvis landry that led us to the half the browns somehow we're up 20 to 18 at the half, but at the very least, I mean the very least, this should have been a 10-point lead for the Browns at the half. Now, the second half featured Baker's third interception. I swear, I've never seen a guy throw so many interceptions, and this goes back to last year, that were off receivers' hands. A lot of these balls not only are catchable, but some of them, you know, are pretty good throws. They're just the receivers not making the play. And listen, I'm not trying to stand up for Baker here. He throws a ton of picks. He makes bad decisions, as young quarterbacks do. Unfortunately, it, it continues, and, it, and it's getting to the point now where it's like, oh, God, is this just who this guy is? Like, th th that's that's not good. So I'm not trying to defend Baker here. He has to make better decisions. But a lot of, I mean, the tape is there. A lot of these interceptions go off go off receivers' hands when they when they should be caught. And only 38 yards of passing. Baker got it out, and even with the three interceptions, I mean, the Browns are right there. They very easily could have won this game if they eliminate a few mistakes um, here and there. And before I get into Russell Wilson, let me just talk about the officiating. The refs did not blow this game for the Browns. I, I think really the, the only time, you know, you can really, really blame officials for a loss I mean case in point example number one I mean the big one obviously is the Saints Rams game from last year in the playoffs I mean blatantly missing that call you think you know Drew Brees they're gonna take care of the ball they're gonna kick a field goal win that game I think that's one you can really blame on the officials but the blindside block that Landry allegedly had on my good old friend Marquise Blair I Marquise Blair Went to Worcester High School. They were in our conference. My God, did, can he hit? He is so good. Um, he went to Utah, played against him in high school. Terrific player. Um, but 
Jarvis Landry did not come from the weak side. And not only did he not come from the weak side, Mark, he literally, Jarvis Landry braced himself for impact. Marquise Blair, the Seahawks safety, initiated the contact. And he's the one, and Marquise Blair falls down just because Landry not not moving up parallel, not, you know, he's moving up field here, not coming back on anyone. I mean, I couldn't believe it. And I hate, you know, I understand, you know, the net, the, the networks, they need to be professional and, you know, they're partnered with the leagues. But when they bring in Mike Pereira, who's the, the Fox rules guy, and he comes in, he's like, well, gentlemen, I saw exactly what you're seeing. I'm just like, can't you just come in and be like, no, this is a terrible call. The NFL needs to be exposed here. They're, they're a multi-billion dollar league and they use part-time officials. I mean, at, at this point, there seriously has to be a major change because from week to week, I know we, you know, moan and complain, you know, as fans, that's what we do. And we boo and we're at the game and we throw crap at our TVs. But I mean, it really is getting out of hand and there needs to be a serious, serious change. So that's my rant about the officials. But let me talk about the bigger thing here. Russell Wilson, this guy is a cool cat. He was just awesome. 23 of 33, 295 yards, responsible for three TDs, two of those through the air, one on the ground. And Seattle, this is what they do. They win close games prior to Sunday, three or prior to the game against the Browns, three or four of their three of four of their wins were decided by a combined four points. Just notice how comfortable they were and poised they were. And you know what? It all starts with Russell Wilson and the team follows. Not just the offense, the entire team. Remember that shot on the broadcast. Think back to this. After the Browns were up 20-6, to there was a shot on the Seattle sideline of the defense all huddled up. Wagner's in there talking. He's the leader of their defense. And I guarantee this is what, being, what was being said in there. Guys, we need to settle down and do our job because we know our guy, number three, Russell Wilson, if we do our job, settle down, he's gonna, there's a ton of time left in this game. He's going to get us back in this game. He's going to give us a chance if we give him a chance by doing our job and getting stops. And that's exactly what they did. They settled down at that point. They went on a run. They scored, I forget how many consecutive points before the Browns finally took the um, took the lead uh, there momentarily in the fourth quarter. So, I mean, they win close games, and it's because of Russell Wilson. It starts with him. He's the leader. He sets the tempo for the entire team, and that's why he's my league MVP so far. So the Browns have a bye week in week seven. Luckily, when they come off the bye, it gets really easy because they go to Foxborough to play New England in the House of Pain. So this has been 16 Sundays in Hell, Browns and Seahawks. Let's talk to Charlie Keller. All right, so calling in on the bad phone, on the bat phone right now on the JV Podcast Hotline. My good friend, Charlie Keller. Charlie, it's I haven't seen you since July. We need to we need to catch up a little bit, man. How how have things been? <laughs> it's been it's been a minute for sure. Uh things have been good, man. Things have been really good. Uh just busy trying to figure out this whole uh this whole adult thing since graduation in May. So just uh just swimming along, man. Swimming along. Good to be here. Thanks so much for having me. Oh, of course. I just think in lieu of preparing for this and, and getting ready for our podcast, it, it was just kind of cracking me up. And, and it was kind of amazing to me because we, we've kind of been used to we're, we're Arizonans now, you know, moving away from from Ohio. But I was just thinking about how crazy it is that we've been out here now, you for five years, me for, you know, going on four years now. And I just think back to, you know, our, our days when we're sitting literally at 
capital team basketball camp, me going into my junior year of high school, you going into your senior year, and you were talking about, you know, hey, I'm going out on this visit to Arizona State. It's gonna be, it's gonna be awesome. And and just to 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 think back to that moment and just like hanging out and what that was like and you know how it was like all talk and seemed like fantasy and so far away and now like here we are years later living it up and doing it it's crazy yeah man yeah totally um it's <laughs> it's really crazy to think back to, to times like that we've definitely come a come quite a ways from uh from that small town of four thousand people back home in ohio <laughs> so uh yeah man it's been it's been rewarding for me as well to watch you come out and uh come into your own as well and kind of blossom into uh into your own person and, and starting to find your way with this whole broadcasting thing and the media and everything like that i mean dude it's been it's been a gift for me as well. So, uh, so yeah, I'm excited to, uh, to be a part of it finally and, um, love what you've been doing with the placement. I've, I've really enjoyed the previous episodes and I'm flattered to, uh, to be a guest here. So of course, thanks. So again, thanks. Of course. And before we get too deep into this, speaking of coming out here from Ohio, we got to give a shout out to the parent, to our parents real quick, because not only like, obviously, you know, coming out here, you know, we did our work, we were involved, got good grades in high school, blah, 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 you know, we're able to get some, some luckily some money to come out here to school. But I mean, the thing that I was thinking about too, because within the last few days, I spoke to my mom and dad on the phone just about random things. But some things I think that I've realized more of the years have gone on. And as we mature, you know, you kind of think about not only the financial sacrifice, but the emotional sacrifice, like some parents, like, totally. I, I feel like we're lucky, luck, you know, I, sometimes you don't realize how lucky you are, you know, some parents can be, you know, selfish, and they don't want their kids to to go out and explore. And we're lucky enough that, you know, we have we have awesome parents, and they've let us, you know, embrace this opportunity. And I was just thinking about that the other day. And it's kind of, it's nice to have someone to share that with, you know, coming from the same hometown, like we are. Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, no, I, th- I definitely think we're both very blessed in that regard. I mean, obviously growing up together and, um, you know, kind of, you know, being able to, to see each other's experience with our own, you know, our mothers are, are for sure all time, um, in that oh, sense they're with, up there. with giving us the air cover to kind of go out and pursue what we wanted to pursue and support us all steps of the way. And, um, yeah, man, it's, it's, it is really weird. This is, this has been really cool for me, especially given, you know, how hectic things have gotten with you right. know, trying to find my way post-grad and, uh, you know, settling into this whole, this whole adult life thing. It, it definitely, um, hits home a little bit harder when I think back to, to how far we've come, man. Yeah, for sure. For, uh, our yeah. parents, um, you know, definitely sacrificed a lot, um, you know, obviously financially for one, but also, like you said, man, the emotional uh, sacrifice of, of moving, you know, 2000 some odd miles away from home and really only getting to see them, you know, on major holidays, Thanksgiving and Christmas and uh, really only being able to talk to them over the phone and not really have any kind of insight onto what we're up to or right. how we're doing uh, in the day to day has been uh, has been definitely a leap of faith. But yeah, man, it's been uh, it's been incredibly rewarding for me to share with you as well, and uh, wouldn't have had it any other way. From going back to the high school ball days, and, <laughs> and, you know, on the basketball team, and then obviously, you know, you being my high school quarterback, me uh, being a, 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 a <laughs> senior one time one year Letterman wide receiver. And, That's right. And you know, going back to those days and, and thinking about where we are now has been uh, has been incredibly rewarding for me as well. So, yeah, shout out to uh, shout out to the parents. Shout out to really everyone back home who's, um, you know, who was, you know, kind of a part of, 
um, you know, developing us and, and, and giving us the, uh, you know, the pros to, to go out and, and really have the guts to kind of pursue what, what we knew, um, you know, was largely unknown at first, but, For sure. uh, was, was ultimately what, you know, we wanted to do. So, uh, yeah, man, it's, uh, like I said, it's, it's incredibly rewarding for me as well. hundred percent. So you mentioned it, you, you've been an official adult for how long now? When did you start your job? Uh, back in uh, early June. So yeah, wow. I graduated, uh, first week of May and then, uh, yeah, about three weeks later, uh, hit the ground running in, uh, in a new career and, um, really just trying to lay my roots out here. And, you know, you, you, you had touched on it as well, you know, five years out here now I've, I've stayed out, uh, in Arizona now every summer since I've been in school, um, really only going home for Thanksgiving and Christmas, like I said. Um, so I do, I definitely feel like a native Arizona th- at this point, I've been out here long enough and have, have been settled, but definitely crossing the Rubicon into adulthood was a little bit of a different, uh, <laughs> a different feeling as well. It was kind of a whole new, um, you know, world of responsibility and, uh, yeah, man, it's been, uh, it's been a, fast four months it's crazy to think that i'm already that far removed from school and to see you entering your senior year and it's everyone else kind of uh getting ready to wrap things up that's your age and, and everything like that it's making me feel a little bit older but um yeah man it's been uh it's been good thus far thankfully i've uh i've, I've you know been very fortunate that i you know was blessed with a pretty unique opportunity and you know have um you know some other things in the works that uh, are starting to take shape a little bit so yeah man the whole adult thing has been uh has been a, a, a real adjustment, but, uh, it's something that, uh, I'm, I'm happy to be, you know, pursuing and taking on, you know, with a full head of steam. So, yeah, absolutely. And wh- where are you at and what are you doing right now? So I am, like I said, roughly four months into a new career. I, I, you know, had worked a number of different internships in, in college, um, primarily in financial services, um, right now, what I'm doing is I'm working with a small, you know, family-owned and operated insurance brokerage here in the Phoenix Valley, uh, doing group benefits planning. Okay. Uh, so really, what I do on a daily basis is, you know, I'm trying to get in front of you know business owners, decision makers, thought leaders, you know, within uh, small to mid-sized businesses throughout you know the local valley. And really, what I'm trying to do is sit down with them and 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 kind of take a you know a strategic and cost-effective approach to uh, bringing their you know, family of employees, a dependable, um, you know, framework for employee benefits and, uh, and, you know, ultimately all things, human resources as it relates to the administration of those things. So, uh, pretty, pretty cut and dry, pretty boring. Um, you know, for the <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I think, I think we lost everyone at this point. Listening at this point, I, uh, yeah, it's a, it's, 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 uh, an incredibly interesting line of work, you know, to be sitting down with, with people from really all walks of life, you know, you obviously sit down with, you know, some pretty sophisticated people, but then you also get, you know, your fair share of, you know, the wives of, yeah. you know, plumbers and electricians <laughs> and foremans of, of construction companies and stuff like that, who, you know, kind of are a little bit in, in over their head when it comes to, you know, running a successful business, and, right. you know, what does this form mean? And, you know, Oh, what, what do I have to, what, what forms do I have to fill out for this? And, you know, what, what is our insurance premium going to look like this year now that we, you know, had someone who, you know, was diagnosed with a severe Ill- illness, you know, all of these things, you know, real, real life conversations, really. Right. Um, which is, you know, a lot to take in as a 22 year old, you know, wide eyed. Just thrown into the fire. Grad. Yeah, totally. Um, yeah. Drinking from the fire hose for sure. <laughs> um, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, I came into this opportunity through, um, through a professional connection that I had had, 
um, you know, really was kind of serendipitous and how I kind of just stumbled into this opportunity. And uh, I had had my life and health license from a college internship that I did. And, uh, and yeah, I mean, I was equipped. I, I knew that I wanted to, uh, to, to kind of make a pivot in my ultimate career path as I was kind of gearing up for graduation during my senior year. I was working, um, you know, for a major wealth management firm and, uh, and, and wanted to kind of, uh, you know, explore a little bit of a change of scenery and, and, and kind of get back to, you know, what felt natural to me, which was, you know, small, you know, mom and pop shop, family owned businesses. I felt like, um, my, you know, the interactions that I was having at, you know, the, the white collar corporate right. um, company that I was working for weren't as human, you know, I kind of longed for that, you know, small business feel that, that, um, you know, was so familiar to me growing up in a, you know, in a, in, in a small rural Ohio town and, hundred um, so yeah, man, it's been really rewarding for me. Um, but but yeah, definitely a new new change of pace, a new skill set that I've had to learn altogether. But it's been something that I've been running with and um, you know finding my way. So so it's been good. Yes. Yeah, so when I came over in July, you're living at your cousin's house, Dylan, who was a pro ball player. But as we heard tonight before we went uh, went on air, he he's home. So how's it uh, not being uh, a solo tenant anymore? Is he uh, has he been a good roommate? <laughs> yeah, man, it's, uh, it, it was really cool. I mean, right after graduation, you know, doing the whole living alone thing and, yeah. um, well, it was lonely. Kind of I came over, I'm like, Charlie, man, like, do you need a buddy? Do you need to sleep over tonight? Like, how are you doing? <laughs> it was, it was peaceful, man, honestly. Oh I, I no, really for sure. At first. So yeah, I mean, for, for the listeners who don't know, yeah, I have a, I had a little bit of a unique, uh, you know, a little bit of a unique living situation. Um, you know, my, my cousin who's, who's really more like a brother to me. I mean, we were raised under the same household from the time we were very young. Um, our moms divorced our fathers in the same year. So we kind of uh, were raised under the same roof in that sense, uh, from a very young age, you know, when we were in you know elementary school. So, um, yeah, he obviously was a little bit more athletically inclined than myself. He was drafted. Uh, <laughs> he was drafted straight out of high school. Um, and not to mention the, with the with the football with football offers to major D one schools. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, he's a he's a freak in nature. I missed all of the uh, of the physical genetics on on this side of the bloodline, man. I uh, <laughs> you're telling I me, like look at that, yeah, look at Benny's killing it, and look at me. Yeah, man. Yeah, I think we both got the shit under the stick in that sense, <laughs> for sure. Yeah, look at us. We're talking to each other on a podcast. Meanwhile, these guys are out here yeah. playing baseball <laughs> for a living. Yeah, business came way more natural to me than uh, than than slinging a pigskin or, <laughs> or, or swinging a baseball bat for sure. But yeah, he was a pretty highly touted um, you know, high school athlete here uh, locally in Phoenix, actually. Um, and uh, and yeah, he got drafted in in twenty twelve. Um, to the Phillies straight out of high school right. and uh, started on his professional career and uh, has been playing in the minors and, and actually made his major league debut last year and it has been kind of swinging back and forth ever since and um, yeah bought a house here last off season so he was you know doing the whole bachelor life living alone and right. um, you know, he's obviously gone you know nine months out of the year playing playing ball and um, you know when I graduated I was obviously looking for a place to stay and you know we kind of picked up right where we left off and, you know, I moved in and was just kind of watching over the place for the first couple months. And, uh, their season obviously, um, just ended recently or the minor league season did. Um, but he's still, uh, he's still, you know, 
kind of going back and forth, you know, from the major and minor league team, but they're in the playoffs right now. He was back, uh, just recently. So, um, yeah, getting, getting situated with a new, uh, with a new roommate in the house now for the first time has been, uh, has been pretty cool, but, um, but yeah, it's, uh, it's a little bit of a, a change of pace from, from the, you know, sing the, the, the single tenant. Yeah, that's <laughs> right. Had, or a little bit noisier for sure. But, um, but yeah, glad to have him back, man. I missed him a lot. That's good. So I want to pivot now. You've been writing articles on LinkedIn and they've been all sort of investing and financial based and themed. And then also you were telling me you got this whole podcast set up in your room right now. So you've been writing the articles on LinkedIn, but first I want to talk about, you know, what are your aspirations to get into the podcasting game? And let me just tell you, it's a ruthless world, man. I, I tell you what, so I'm giving you warning here. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So um, uh, to, to touch on what you were saying about, I mean, the, the financial articles thing that I've, that I've kind of been pursuing um, on LinkedIn primarily, and then also I've been posting those on Medium as well. But uh yeah, I, I, it was really something, you know, like I'd mentioned a little bit before, you know, kind of being, you know, a new fresh face in a, in a pretty sophisticated industry, um, you know, working in financial services and, and, you know, expecting people to take you seriously when you're sitting down with them and going over, you know, pretty, pretty heavy, uh, not only financial, but, you know, ultimately, ultimately business and life conversations, uh, you know, credibility is definitely important. So, uh, yeah, I was really it, the way it started. I was really just kind of looking for a way to differentiate myself, right? Um, professionally, you know, you know, starting off in, in, in you know my entry level position and um, trying to trying to build some some leeway and, and and air cover to kind of have a you know point of reference when when having these discussions and you know, like I said, building credibility and, and awareness. Um, I started writing the uh, the LinkedIn articles several months back and really just kind of trying to touch on, you know, relatable topics from everything from personal finance to investing and and, and everything like that. That's obviously where my expertise lies. That was, um, you know, like I mentioned before, wealth management was kind of what I was working in previously to getting into uh, the whole group benefits thing. But um, yeah, the, the, the articles have been pretty well received. I've been really, uh, I've been really surprised that, uh, that people have been, engaging with them as much as they have. I mean, not nothing, not crazy numbers or anything like that, but just, um, you know, it's, it is a, and you can obviously, you know, relate to this. It's, it's really rewarding when you are putting out, you know, anything in a creative medium or sharing your thoughts or perspective and, and to have people, you know, kind of give their opinion and, um, yeah. you know, be finding value in it and reaching out to you and, and, um, you know, like I said, just sharing their thoughts. I mean, that, that in itself is, has been, has been a really cool thing, but. Oh, 100%. Um, yeah. Yeah. And I love how you talked about, you know, trying to being an entry level guy, being the new guy, trying to, you know, establish, you know, establish yourself a little bit. I believe I'm looking at it right now. This was on sort of your uh, your professional Instagram and, and it was cracking me up. You posted this earlier today. Uh, the picture of you with who I'm guessing is um, a bunch of your coworkers at Top Golf. And uh, yeah, it's a it's it's a networking group. So, OK, only, uh, my my. my yeah, I mean, my, you uh, certainly, my boss you, Casey's in that picture, but, yeah. uh, but yeah, mostly it's, it's, it's like a peer networking group okay. of other business owners throughout the Valley. Yeah. But it, it was cracking me up because, and this isn't a bad thing. It's just cause you're the young guy, but I mean, you stick out like a sore thumb in there. I mean, everyone looks yeah. like, you know, <laughs> that they've yeah. been out of school for 20 years and they have a couple kids. Yeah. No, nah, yeah. I was definitely the youngest kid in that photo by, by at least probably 15 to 20 years. So yeah. it was definitely a little bit of an interesting atmosphere for sure. Um, but, uh, 
but yeah, I mean, kind of going back to that whole that whole inspiration to to originally start them. I mean, first and foremost, I mean, I just felt like I kind of had, um, you know, a knack for writing. I mean, that was really the only way that I felt like I could get my message across, right? Um, in a creative medium and and being able to put that out there. You know, some people do videos, some people obviously do podcasts, and um, that's something that I'm starting to explore a, a little bit and and have been planning for and everything like that. Nothing um, really taking shape yet. Per se, I still got a lot of planning and stuff like that to do before I kind of, you know, cross over into that arena. But, um, but yeah, writing was just always something that I had a, a knack for. You know, I, I, I was I was good at it. Um, I enjoyed doing it. And um, and you know, there was there was a few um, pressing topics that you know I had had kind of uh, you know had some personal experience in for you know being a, a, you know for a so far from home and, and, and trying to find my own way financially in my own personal life, um, to be able to kind of share uh, my perspective on, on personal finance and, and, uh, you know, responsible investing and, and, uh, you know, insurance planning and things of that nature. Um, it was just, uh, yeah, it was, it was a great starting point and, and it's, you know, something that I've, you know, started to kind of run with. So, uh, yeah, we'll see where, we'll see where the, the wind takes me. It's been, uh, it's been cool to see thus far, like I said, and and to see people getting value from it and uh, and and engaging with it alone has been, you know, something that I, I didn't really even imagine or fathom. It, was, it really just started as something to kind of uh, be something to point to, you know, some somewhat of a resume builder in that sense. But right. yeah, it's starting to turn into something that uh, that is, you know, more than just a hobby. It's kind of become, uh, you know, a, a cornerstone of of building my um, you know, personal book of business and, you know, my overall, um, business acumen. So yeah, yeah it's been pretty cool. Yeah, a- absolutely. And I've loved keeping up with them and I love going back and reading through them, uh, prepping for, prepping for our talk. I want to talk, I think this was your most recent article. Don't go with the flow. And what I really liked about this article, and it was kind of funny because it really spoke to me in, in a few ways. You know, you talk about going with the flow in life and also going with the flow financially and how maybe and especially financially financially that isn't the best thing it's good to have a sense of direction and a purpose in life and i think back to where i was a few years ago and i always used to say this to myself and i always used to say this to people that i'm like you know what i'm not worried about it i'm just going with the flow i'm going to continue to work hard and you know obviously you know you can't expect things to happen out of thin air. You can't expect them to pull, you know, pull them out of your rear end. Like you, you can go with the flow, but still work hard. You know, it can be sort of a mix, but reading, you know, your words and how you were talking about, you know, like I said, sense of purpose, sense of direction. It was funny. It, it was like, you know, maybe I didn't think about those things over these last few years or didn't say those things out loud, but like sort of sub subconsciously, unconsciously, I'm like, you know what? That's a lot of what I remember sort of going through evolving from just being a kind of like go with the flow guy, I'm going to work hard, see where it goes. And now I, I feel like I have more of a sense of a direction and a purpose. So I just, I mean, dude, I just flat out really enjoyed the article. And it was like, it was almost written for me, you know, as I'm going through this, I just thought it was, it was an awesome experience. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, and, and I appreciate, um, you know, I appreciate you saying that, and I'm, I'm, I'm you know, very glad that you found, uh, you know, found some relatability in it. That's kind of the whole point of, you know, what I was trying to get at originally. You know, I obviously um, am very new 
uh, into the professional world <laughs> in general. Yeah. You know, I'm only about 120 days into this whole adult thing, like I said. So uh, <laughs> I don't really, I, you know, it's, it was interesting at first. You know, you kind of almost feel like a fraud at first, and I think that's right. normal um, to be kind of speaking on these things. But um, yeah, I think I think sharing, I think any perspective uh, can be important. Uh, if if you're willing to listen and if you're willing to kind of see the parallels that are drawn and just being able to share my point of view, um, I know maybe could uh, you know could could maybe resonate with people in certain ways and there are parallels that you can draw here and there. But but yeah, going back to the, you know the the that particular that article in particular, I mean I think it it it, it kind of speaks to you know a very common pitfall that we face as people in all walks of life. I mean, going with the flow, I think the reason why why many people do it is because, you know, for one, it's easy, you know, I think, um, you know, I think it's extremely easy to kind of slowly but surely get off track over time when maybe necessarily, you know, in the, in the present moment, you don't feel like you're, uh, you know, losing direction, but, um, you know, yeah, like you said, if you don't have a, a, a purpose or a goal in mind, uh, you know, it's very difficult to to ultimately get to where you're trying to go. You know, it's it's yeah. a very um, it's a very simple but but sort of convoluted concept, right? Because it because yeah. it is it is easily easy to um, you know kind of float along in, in in certain walks of life, and you know, there's obviously safety in the herd of of kind of just um, you know taking on the you know the lifestyle and and ultimately the discipline and and regimen of your peers. But you know, every I, th- I think this uh, you know the the unfortunate reality is that, you know, everyone's situation is different. And that was something that, um, that was something that I obviously learned, you know, pretty quickly, um, maybe not as quickly as I should have when I got to school was, um, was, yeah, I mean, everyone's, you know, dealt a different hand. Everyone's kind of got a different, um, you know, means for living and, uh, and ultimately how you, position yourself and, and interpret your situation and ultimately move forward with a plan for action, uh, is, is really going to determine how effectively you get to where you want to go. Not to say that, you know, going with the flow is bad. I mean, I think this is a very, um, pivotal time for a lot of people. I mean, you know, we're talking about, you know, kind of the transition over into adulthood, which, you know, I've just kind of come through the other side of the, you know, the forest on, and you're getting ready to get, you know, go into, um, yeah, man, finding your way is hard. (laughs) Yeah. It's really hard. Yeah. I mean, college itself is, is a whirlwind of, uh, of all different, you know, from, from the social aspects to the financial aspects to the, you know, wh- what are you going to do for the rest of your life? You know, <laughs> that question. Yeah, no, I didn't feel like I really little... caught my stride being able to handle everything until probably like towards the end of my sophomore year. And just because I have a better routine now and I understand how things work, it doesn't mean it gets super easy. It's easier and it's slowed down for me a little bit, but at the same time, you know, it's not a walk in the park. Yeah. Yeah. And, 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 and I, and I think that's kind of the case for most people, you know, going back to what I was saying before, I mean, really my, my biggest goal, you know, for, with the articles that I have been writing is, you know, like I said, just to really share my perspective and kind of build a sense of credibility and, um, you know, maybe just share some perspective that could be helpful, helpful to some people, but, uh, yeah, man, everyone's, you know, got a different path and, uh, and, and, and for me, you know, to be able to kind of share my you know, viewpoint and, and, and explain it in layman's terms, you know, that, that people our age and of our, you know, uh, you know, of our kind of level of thinking can understand, 
right. and relate to is important because, you know, most of the time when you read, you know, certain things, if you, you know, if you just, you know, Google search, you know, how to budget or how to, yeah. you know, how to, how to, you it know, what, how much do I contribute to my 401k when I just started, you know, my, you know, my full-time job, um, you know, these simple questions that, you know, in theory, you know, we're, we're expected to just kind of know because right. there's really no right answer. I mean, no. you're, you're like, like, you know, like I said, it's, it's totally subjective to your, to your given situation. So, um, to be kind of looking around and, and not really having a, a set in stone answer from anyone, um, can be pretty, can be pretty daunting. So yeah. for me, you know, to be, to be able to kind of just speak on what I, uh, you know, have experienced and what I see going forward was easy, you know, obviously to speak, you know, just sharing, sharing my experience, sharing my perspective, um, you know, like I said, I've been fortunate to have to have worked a number of internships and and to be kind of uh, hitting the ground running uh, in in my, in my professional capacity. So I have maybe a little bit more perspective than than the average 22 year old. But at the same time, I mean, it's just uh, really the more so than than sharing any groundbreaking perspective or anything or 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 wowing people with you know well written articles. Um, you know, just being able to to share a perspective that people find value in and, and maybe a sense of sol- solace in is, is, is really rewarding. Absolutely. All right, I want to I talk now about another article. I believe this was your first one. Benefits of a new generation keeping millennials engaged. I thought this one, I love this one. I think it's perfect timing. I think it's 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 relatable for people that are our age. You know, we're technically not millennials, but you know, we are this newer this newer generation and there is a lot of similarity there. And you make an interesting point because we think now, you know, like the cool companies, you know, you see the videos of, you know, like the Google campus or Zappos or whatever, and you know, they have these cool interactive offices and there's, you know, little like study coves and and you know, I remember being with sports business scholars and us being at the Nike headquarters in New York City and just seeing what, you know, like a cool, innovative you know, it almost looked like a place to hang out rather than an office. And you call them, you know, sort of cute perks, like companies invest in these cute perks in the article with hopes of leading to, as you write, a more progressive environment. But sort of what companies look over and maybe don't realize is, you know, when trying to collect, uh, connect and keep millennials engaged is, well, first off, you make a great point that the millennials and the generations after have two things that those these generations have two things way more so than the other generations and that's debt and uncertainty so and you kind of write in there kind of touch on it maybe actually making some some good changes and keeping millennials engaged is more black and white than it may seem yeah i think uh yeah i think we definitely overcomplicate things in, in that sense i mean and 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 not 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 due to any, um, you know, unforeseen reasons. I mean, life has gotten more complicated as you can yeah. see for, for, for kids our age. I mean, when you think about the social, at, like, like, you know, like I was saying before, when you think about the social atmosphere, um, you know, that kids our age face, you know, when going to college and, and trying to find their way. And then, you know, obviously, you know, you hear, you know, talks about, you know, Oh, the, you know, the national debt, you know, all of these different factors, you know, what are you going to do for a living? What, yeah. you know, what, what's your plan? Uh, all of these things. I mean, I think that conversation is getting more and more heavy for people than it, than it might've been, you know, 20, 30 years ago. And, uh, and yeah, in that article, I really just kind of, um, you know, spoke to what I think a lot of people are kind of just overlooking in that sense, you know, 
kids our age and, 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 you know, we're not technically millennials. I think we're part of the, the generation directly after, but, yeah. um, you know, the millennial generation, you know, you can see with a simple Google search that, you know, if you read any news headline, you know, millennials get a pretty bad rap for being disengaged from their, from their jobs and, uh, you know, lazy or, um, you know, just, just entitled, which, you know, the right. entitlement, you know, piece might may you know, might yeah. have some, some underlying truth to it. Cause you know, we grew up in a generation of prosperity. I mean, yeah. that's ultimately kind of where we're at, but, um, but yeah, I mean the, the, the state of, of the union really in that sense of, you know, what kids are facing coming out of college today is drastically different than it was, you know, when our parents were coming up. And, uh, and, and that was really what I was speaking to, you know, you see all of these, uh, you know, these things and, and, you know, you've obviously probably seen it as you're starting to take a look at job applications right. for post-grad and, and you've certainly seen it in the corporate settings that you've interned in. Um, you know, companies are trying to make a move towards, you know, a more progressive culture because they think that's what's ultimately going to engage their younger workforce and get them to, you know, find a sense of purpose and ultimately be more productive yeah. in their respective roles. But, um, yeah, what I was speaking to in that article was really just kind of, you know, what let's maybe try to, you know, put the, you know, maybe put, not put, try to put the car before the horse and, and, and really address what these kids are actually facing, which is, yeah. you know, like I said, like you mentioned debt and uncertainty. I mean, um, you know, millennials in particular bear more debt than any generation, um, in recent hist history by a pretty substantial margin. Um, you know, we, we hear all of these talks of, of, you know, job growth and, you know, uh, you know, economic prosperity and, and, and things of that nature. But I, I think that, you know, the average 22 <laughs> year old yeah. graduating from college is looking for a, you know, a place to hang their hat and, and start their career would probably tell you differently, um, you know, from an opportunity standpoint. And, uh, and yeah, they're facing a, a totally different set of problems than, than what we know to kind of be the norm. I mean, you know, mounting student debt, um, yeah. you know, you know, a you know highly competitive job market. You know, it's it, you know, just because you know jobs have you know become more bountiful or you know there's more jobs out there doesn't necessarily mean that they're giving you the means to address the problems that you're facing. And that was really what I was no speaking to. It was yeah. speaking to in that article was you know instead of you know office happy hours and and love sacks and you yeah. know, all of the things Sunny that make for and, a uh, yeah. Yeah, all the things that really make for kind of like a you know a, a hip and happening and and you know progressive environment right. that that you know twenty something year olds are going to want to work in every day. Uh, why don't we focus on addressing you know what they're actually thinking about when they ultimately go home from work and have to you know face the music of of you know this whole thing we call life, right? Like, right. Um, you know, so, so providing them with. So, with dependable yeah. health benefits, providing them with, you know, dependable means for educating themselves and, and, and having resources, you know, similar to like a, you know, similar to that of like a guidance counselor or really just anyone to talk to about, you know, yeah. do I contribute to my student loan or do, do I, you know, contribute to my 401k? Do I, how much, you know, money should I be striving to put away every month? Like, is yeah. this a normal amount of money to be accepting? Do I try to negotiate a higher salary when I go into my job interview, even though I'm scared shitless, you know, like yeah. all of these things that, uh, that I, that I know to be going through the minds of, of, of young people, because I, you know, I was, was there, well, I'm, I'm still there yeah. <laughs> really yeah, in a lot yeah, of ways, you but, write, um, you go on but yeah, going back to that relatability thing. I'm, I mean, I'm just trying to, uh, to really just speak my truth and not try to talk above my head or pretend to be an expert of anything, but more so just provide perspective and, um, and, you know, a relevant opinion on, um, on, you know, common, 
you know, scenarios that you see in, 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 in the workforce. And, and, you know, fortunately it's been pretty well received so far. For sure. And you make a great point there. That, that was my next point. I, I wanted to make you go cause, cause you're living this, you're in this moment right now. You say, you know, employees could benefit from employee sponsored, employer sponsored resources. So, you know, could you give me an example, you know, uh, you know, maybe it's a new position or more services that, um, you know, could be available to employees like yourself that are just starting in, you know, entry dealing with this debt and uncertainty. And, um, you know, how have you, you know, sort of taken these challenges, you know, head on and, you know, it's, you know, as you're trying to navigate your way through sort of figuring this whole life and professional thing out. Yeah. Um, and, and just to kind of frame it up, I mean, to kind of give you like a backstory, I mean, you, you hear about, um, you know, how things used to be. And, and that's obviously, you know, kind of the standard that we hold ourselves to still today. I mean, our parents grew up in a, in an era and, and, you know, their parents and, and, um, you know, even still some people who are just recently retired today or, or maybe more senior level employees have, you know, a pension or they have, right. um, you know, other benefits that, uh, you know, that they were grandfathered into, you know, when they started in their respective companies 30 some odd years ago, right. You know, um, this whole, you know, navigating the financial landscape in a lot of ways was something that, you know, our parents, you know, obviously did, um, and, and, and maybe even did at an earlier age than, than we did. But the, the nature of, of that whole conversation is completely different. I mean, just the, the, the amount of, you know, employer sponsored resources out there, um, are dwindling. Yeah. And, um, and, and, and to go back to your question of, you know, what, what is something to look for? I mean, really the biggest thing, uh, that I, that I've seen recently, um, that a lot of companies are doing, you know, they're, they're trying to obviously combat, you know, higher, uh, you know, healthcare premium, uh, you know, healthcare costs and also, you know, health insurance premiums, uh, yep. in their respective companies, which is part of the reason why, you know, benefits have become so important. You know, you, you hear the, you know, the saying all the time, you know, when you, when you ask someone about their job, you know, Oh, how are the benefits? How, you know, Oh, he's got a great job. He's got, you know, he's got great benefits and, you know, he's got the, so, so it's, it's something that's been said for, for quite some time, but it's something that is not as much commonplace anymore. Um, you know, most people think that, you know, chasing a high salary is kind of the key to, right. to success. You know, obviously like, like I just went through it, you know, obviously recently with graduation, everyone's trying to come out of school and make six figures their first year out. And if you, you know, <laughs> if you can strive to do that, then you're kind of in the right spot, spot or you're doing the right thing. But, um, but yeah, I mean, also to kind of, you know, touch on that, I think that's not necessarily the case. I mean, it's not just, right. um, you know, you know, kind of the, the, the state of how things are that that's, that's made millennials, uh, and, and other young people suffer. It's, it's, you know, also kind of a lack of perspective, which is what I'm ultimately trying to provide. Um, but things like wellness programs, I mean, there's a lot, there's an, I could talk for, for days on, you know, the, the number of different measures that, that companies are taking to try to provide their employees resources. Cause it is happening. I mean, you're starting to see that shift towards, you know, um, you know, doing everything you can to accommodate your employees so that they're, so there is you know, progress. So there, yeah, there, there definitely is, is progress, but at, at the same rate, I mean, um, you know, the responsibility ultimately is still falling on, you know, the employee themselves. I mean, yeah. instead of pensions, now we have 401ks. I mean, a 401k mm-hmm. 
yeah, you have an employer match and you, and you know, you might have some contributions from your employer, but ultimately it's up to you how much you set aside every paycheck um, to ultimately plan for your retirement. You know, the days of, you know, working 25 years at a company and getting this defined benefit plan or a pension plan, um, and really not having to think about (laughs) your retirement because you know that your company's ultimately going to pay for it. I mean, those days are over. Oh yeah. Big Um, time. And so there was a pretty big, you know, slingshot effect where it's kind of gone the other way. And you're seeing it now with like our parents' generation, you know, baby boomers, that whole generation. They're really struggling um, to uh, to not outlive or to, you know, to, to, to try to not outlive their savings. Um, you know, it's a, it's a really big conversation going on right now. But um, but yeah, I mean, really, ultimately, you know, companies are starting to, to make progress in the right direction of providing employees with the resources. But um, which, which, you know, is, is, has, has recently just kind of started to take shape with, uh, you know, employee wellness programs and employee education programs, student loan planning um, programs that are sponsored by employers are starting to become more and more prevalent. But, um, but yeah, ultimately, I mean, financing your retirement is ultimately falling at the feet of yourself, which I think is good. I mean, I think yeah. that's good. Um, and that's how it should be ultimately in my, in my personal opinion. But, um, but yeah, it's just a conversation that I feel like a lot of people kind of fail to have. It's just, it's a little bit deeper than the surface level thinking that, you know, you typically have when going to evaluate a job or, um, you know, what, you know, you should be considering when, when going to start your career. Um, it's just, you know, these conversations, you know, to kind of sum it all up are just, you know, conversations that no one's really having. Yep. Um, but are, but are extremely important. And the reason people aren't having them really, I don't think there's any, you know, uh, you know, obviously everyone wants, you know, a, you know, a stable framework and a stable work-life balance and, and, and means for a stable future. Yeah. But, um, but it's not, it's not desirable to talk about, you know, no, no one wants to sit to down talk and talk about their, their health insurance. <laughs> you know, no, 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 no one wants to sit down and, you know, after, you know, calculating how many taxes and all of these other things are coming out of their paycheck and they've got a $500 a month student loan payment looming over their head. No one wants to go ahead and set aside 200 more dollars, you know, a, you know, a month to, to, to put into a 401k plan that they know they're not going to be able to take out until they're 59 and a half. Yeah. Um, so, so yeah, I mean, it's just, I mean, it's like I said, it goes back to that whole perspective thing. I mean, it's just something that isn't being touched on. And I think the fact that it's coming from, you know, a 22 year old, um, you know, who's audacious in his approach and trying to, yeah. to, to, you know, to make a name for himself and, and, and stuff like that. I think, I think that, you know, has been, has been resonating with, with some people. It's still very early, but, uh, something that I've, you know, found a great, deal of passion in and, and plan to continue doing so. Absolutely. And I, and I want to read, I love how you close out your articles. You have a bottom line. And from this article that we were talking about, I want to read it because I think, I think it's great. And I think it's important to, uh, for people to hear. It is easy to overthink how one can cr- create a sustainable and prosperous business culture, over communicate your values as a company and hire people who believe in them as much as you do stick to what you know, but give your employees what they need especially especially those most closely tasked with sustaining the day-to-day culture with generations to come. I think that was a great close. When I was reading that today, I was it got me pumped up. I, I think it was I think it was great and it was a great way to wrap up that article and and I like how you do it. You know, you gave a lot of facts in there. You gave some perspectives and then you inspired to finish it off. I think it was very well done. 
Yeah. Yeah. No, I appreciate it. And, and yeah, I tried to, uh, yeah, every article I, I, I finish with a bottom line, um, which really just kind of serves as a summary to the whole article itself. But, right. but yeah, that one in particular, I mean, that was the first article I ever wrote, um, after I was, you know, about a month into my current role, you know, as a benefits consultant and, um, and yeah, I think it's, uh, like you said, I think it definitely is relatable be, and, 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 and relevant because, um, because yeah, I mean, you're, you're talking about a generation of people who are most, you know, they're, they're the, they're the, they're going to be the closest, um, you know, foot soldiers to, to who you ultimately are going to bring into your organization next. And you want to make sure that those people are well accounted for and, and, and have the necessary means to combat the unique things that they're facing in their respective lives and their financial lives, um, that may not be relatable to the 50 something year old, you know, VP of whatever, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, and, and, and like I said, going back to what I was saying before, I mean, it's not something that's sexy to talk about. Um, it's not something that, you know, I feel like a lot of people even really have any insight into or, or, or really understand, you know, just how gravely important it is, but, um, yeah, having what you need is important, right? Like, yeah. you know, you know, going back to what I was saying before, I mean, sitting down with some of these business owners, um, you know, that I've, that I've had the opportunity to speak with thus far. I mean, it's, it's incredible. You know, the stories that you hear, I mean, you, you, you know, there's employees who, you know, maybe have a, have a child with, you know, uh, you know, with a disability, God forbid, or, right. or, um, you know, they come down with a critical sickness. I mean, when you're talking about, um, you know, to, uh, you know, instilling, you know, a sense of purpose and, and stability in your culture, I mean, ultimately, if, if, you know, if you have a scenario like that, you know, the, the benefits that you're providing them, you know, through, you know, medical insurance, health, you know, dental insurance, vision insurance, you know, ongoing therapy and care, those components can ultimately be more important than the salary itself. You know, most, most people, you know, you hear all these things, you yeah. know, fight for a higher minimum wage, you know, if people aren't paid enough, the wage gap, this, the way, I mean, everyone's focused on salary and how much they're yeah. making. Um, and, and in reality, uh, you know, other factors at play can ultimately, you know, be much more impactful to the, to the whole story. Um, and, and, and shedding light on that has really been what I've, what I've been trying to get at. And, uh, you know, not just that, but also just, you know, more personal topics such as budgeting and, you know, how much do I put aside to, to, uh, to my 401k plan and, you know, um, you know, how do I make, you know, my cash flow uh, you know, work for me instead of yep. vice versa. And yeah, I mean, these are all just conversations that, um, you know, I'm able to speak, you know, somewhat intelligently to not, yeah. <laughs> you know, like I said, I'm not an expert by any means, but like, you know, like I said, I think it coming from a 22 year old, um, you know, recent college grad, I think it's surprising for a lot of people for one. And two, I think it's extremely relatable, um, for a lot of right. people who are, who are facing those things. Right. I, I think people that, you know, are our age, around our age, you know, either coming into this or new to the professional world like you, I think they'd be crazy not not to read it or, or at least give it a shot. I mean, you know, if they don't know you, I get it. Maybe you're a little hesitant at first. What what does this young kid know? But it's like at the end of the day, right? I mean, you used to see it, you know, in sports growing up all the time, you know, you know, maybe a kid, you know, takes criticism or coaching better from a teammate rather than you know, uh, a coach, it, 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 it can be the same thing here just because it's more relatable. They know what you're going through. They're from the same generation. They go home and have some of the uh, same challenges that you do. And like you said, a lot of the conversations aren't happening because one, they're tough to have. No one really wants to have them. And two, 
we really don't have a lot of people don't know where to start. They don't know that they even should be having the conversations in the first place. Yeah, no, I think it's, uh, I think it's extremely, um, I think it's extremely important for one. And then, yeah, like you said, I mean, it's, it's something that's, you know, largely overlooked. Um, you know, it's, it's something that's extremely real, you know, for a lot of people. And, uh, and yeah, the, the relatability matters. Um, yep. relatability definitely matters. You know, you see it every day. I mean, people, if, if, if a message is coming from the wrong, um, you know, from the wrong person, you know, yep. a lot of times it can fall on deaf ears and, yep. uh, you know, going back to what you were saying before. Yeah. I mean, I, I would like to think that people are, uh, <laughs> you know, that people are finding value in, in my writing, and I, and I, and I definitely, you know, would would love for people to to ultimately read it. That's why I, <laughs> that's why I write these articles. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, I mean, I, I think you know, there's something to be learned from from really any any perspective. Um, I think I think you can learn, I think you can learn something from you know a homeless man on a street corner as long as you're willing to listen. Yeah. Uh, so so in that respect, I mean, yeah, I, I think it definitely <clears throat> has has a place, and I think it's 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 you know starting to to find its place more and more, uh, you know, as it relates not only to my peers, but you know, ultimately, you know, the decision makers who are upstream or ultimately affecting change for for kids, you know, for really kids like us, and um, and yeah, it's it's a it's a something that I've you know found a great deal of nobility in, and um, you know, I'm very passionate about going forward. So we'll see where uh, we'll see where it continues to go. 100%. Before we wrap up here, Chucky, um, are Browns going to figure it out? I, I'm scared. I'm actually legitimately scared. <laughs> dude, I mean, dude, I, <laughs> uh, I I really don't know. I really don't know. You know, I, I, I try not to get too high on them. And, 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 you know, I was probably wrong to do so again this year. I'm starting to truly think that, that the Browns are legitimately cursed. Um, I know. You know, you, we had heard the talks of the Cleveland curse before. I mean, I know you and I both went absolutely AWOL when, when the Cavs won the championship back in oh, 2016. Baby. But um, That's a whole other yeah, episode. Man, I mean, we'll, we'll see. I mean, with the yeah, the antics this weekend and, and, and you know, kind of the letdown. I mean, this – yeah, this is the National Football League, man. There's no uh, – there's definitely no guarantees. I was maybe a little bit audacious in my predictions in the preseason <laughs> um, and maybe had, had loftier expectations. But uh, – but yeah, if I did think there was going to be one year that it would that it would happen, I thought it would be this year. I mean, I, yeah. I mean you and I both grew up, you know, being excited for Peyton Hillis and Colt McCoy. Uh, <laughs> and Johnny, so, and Johnny so, football. So to, see, so to see the roster they have now, yeah, I mean, you would think that they'd be able to turn it around, but we'll see. I mean, there's a lot of season left. Yeah, um, I'm and, hoping. Uh, and still a lot a lot of games to be played, but uh, but yeah, man, I'll be I'll be rooting root there, rooting for them through thick and thin, like like we always have. That's right. I was just thinking. I think what the problem is. I've um, I've been in Arizona too much because I, I I was thinking about this last year. I know you got to go, but real quick. So freshman year, the Browns won. My freshman year, the Browns won one game, right? And that game, I was sure. in, I, I was back in Ohio, so they won zero games in Arizona. My freshman year, my sophomore year, they went zero and sixteen, so they didn't win any games anywhere. And then last year. Every single game, the Browns won seven games, and every single game but one I was out of town for. I've only seen now include before this season, I had seen the Browns win one game in three full NFL seasons while being in the state of Arizona. Now they've won two so far this year, so they're three and a million. So I, I think I just need to 
you know, find the the Nevada or California border and take a computer out there and just set up my own internet server and just watch the games in some other state because obviously me being in Arizona just isn't getting it done. I had to get that off my chest. I'm sorry. Yeah, man. I mean, flush the ice cubes down the toilet, dance in front of the refrigerator, whatever you got to do. I mean, yeah, just it, like a snow day. I'm getting ready. To yeah, eat. it's, it's uh, yeah, it's. Uh, I mean, whatever works, man. Whatever works. I definitely, uh, you know, have my, um, you know, suspicions of, of 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 different things that that may you know shift the tide in our favor. Yeah. But um, yeah, man, I try not to be too too caught up in it. I uh, you know I I usually just get let down in the end. But you're smart. I'm still uh, I'm still holding strong for this year. That's I mean, I what we do. That we can turn it around. Um, you know, just. Once we get through kind of the you know the sophomore hangover of of, of Baker and and yeah. you know, maybe if uh, if we hit a stride once uh, divisional play starts towards the tail end of the season we'll find ourselves in position to uh, to make some things happen but uh, yeah for the time being I'll just be uh, I'll just be rooting from the sidelines. Perfect. That sounds like a plan. Thanks, Chucky. Alrighty, brother. Thanks so much for having me. I appreciate it, man. Of course. All right. So hope you enjoyed that interview with my good friend. Charlie Keller and I hope you guys had your notepad and your pen out and took some notes I told you it was going to be a valuable and very educational interview so without further ado let's go ahead and get to my complaint of the week (sighs) my complaint of the week is always brought to you by my therapist my complaint of the week is my mom yes I'm about to complain about my mom but don't worry this is all in good fun this is really funny I just I don't know if she just made it or maybe I just recently discovered it. Um, my mom has a Twitter account and I was looking at it and the bio is Arizona State University 2020. That's where I go. That's me. But it then goes on to have University of Cincinnati 2023 Bearcat Baseball. And that is my brother. So first off, I'm like, okay, you can't be enrolled in two schools at the same time. And second off, mother... Where does your loyalty lie? I'm just saying, the ball is in your court. That's that's really all I have to say. I'm waiting on your response. And that's my complaint of the week. <sighs> okay, that does it for me here at the Joseph Vore Podcast. Thank you guys so much for listening. Hope you enjoyed. If you did, be sure to head to Apple Podcasts or Spotify, wherever you're listening. Rate five stars, review, subscribe, and turn on those notifications so you never miss an episode. New episodes out every single Monday. Subscribe on YouTube, the Joseph Vore Podcast. And guys, exciting news. I just recently started writing articles, and I post the links to those as well as my podcast on Twitter at jvor 3 and Instagram at javor 3 So be sure to follow me there and I'll talk to you guys next week.